Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own, in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders. People who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. Hey grinders. Recently, I've started to rebuild my website using Wix. See, in the past, a website for a non-techie person like myself was really a pain in the butt. I had to find someone to build the site, relay what I wanted, pay thousands of dollars only to have to go through months of editing and eventually just putting up with what I had. I wanted to start with a blank slate and design my website the way I wanted it. That's why I chose Wix. First, I was able to start building my site and publish it for free. I chose from over 500 stunning templates to find the exact feel and look that I was looking for. I could change, customize, and add anything I wanted wherever I wanted. Now, I've only been working on the site for about an hour a day for the past week. I'm not quite finished yet, but can't believe how quick and easy it's been to use and how professional it looks. What would have taken me months to complete in the past and thousands of dollars, I have completed in only a few short hours myself. Plus, everything is automatically optimized for any device, desktop or mobile, which for me is super important for my business. What I've learned is that building a website doesn't have to cost thousands. It doesn't have to be a headache and can actually be really easy and enjoyable with Wix. To get started using Wix today and get 10% off, go to Wix.com forward slash podcast. Again, that is Wix, W-I-X.com forward slash podcast. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to The Daily Grind. On today's episode, I sit down with Keith Topazzini. Now, Keith Topazzini is the co-CEO at Topper's Pizza. Keith began his career with Topper's Pizza in 1982, focusing on store operations. He jointly operated the first location along with his father, Ron Topazzini. After completing his studies, Keith returned to the family business in 1985 and spearheaded operational excellence within the pizzerias. Continuing to excel in all areas of the business, Keith drove execution of operations and quality standards within the franchise system. Keith was instrumental in formulating the franchise expansion plan and today coaches his team to continued success. Keith is extremely active within his community and within the Canadian Franchise Association, Rotary Club, Canadian Association of Family Enterprises, and the International Franchise Association. Today on the show, Keith shares his amazing entrepreneurial journey with us, along with some really, really important lessons for all of you, especially if you're in business or getting started in business. So as always, everyone, be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and really dive deep in today's interview with Keith Topazzini. Enjoy. Well, Keith Topazzini, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? 
Fantastic. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, Keith, say for some listeners, audience members being first introduced to you today, just kind of briefly explaining a little bit more of who you are and what it is that you do. Uh, well, my name is Keith Topazini. I'm one of the uh, owners of Topper's Pizza, and it was started in 1982 by my father and my brother and I continuing to operate uh, the chain. And day to day, we have a president. So day to day, mostly what I do is I coach a lot of people. I have a lot of fun. Right now, I'm in a new pizzeria opening that opened yesterday in Sault Ste. Marie. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Awesome. So how did you yeah. get into the business? I know your your father opened it. How did you and your brother get involved? Or you specifically, did you know that this is something you were, that you were going to do? Or did you go to school for something different? Uh, well, nobody goes to school for pizza these days. <laughs> but uh, I did <laughs> well, go business. to for business. Yeah. yeah, and my brother went to school for commerce. So we were both in that wheelhouse. Um, the interesting story of how my father got into the business, he... Uh, he is a baker by trade. And, okay. Um, they own Tapazini Bakery, you know, from 1904 to the mid 1970s. Wow. And uh, as a young man, he actually was selling pizza. So he always had a pizza recipe in mind, but that he, you know, as he raised us, uh, because uh, when we opened, I was 18, my brother was 21. And, and of course, I have other siblings. We had the whole family involved. And um, my father always wanted to be in business for himself and this was a good opportunity for him to continue to do that yeah and to uh use some of those family recipes that you know he learned uh in little italy and copper so um kelly and i uh we went to school um and my father needed help he, he had a, a great vision to expand and we wanted to be part of that it was an opportunity for us to use some of the things that we've learned and roll up our sleeves and and, and join in join in the fun Oh, that's amazing. Were you hesitant at all, or or was this a no-brainer for you? You know, uh, back in our day, when you're you're 18 to 21, um, I won't say you do as you're told, but you don't think <laughs> about as many options. You know, uh, it, it's the day before internet. It, it's it's before you know you're introduced to the whole world, so you're not as worldly. So we both had this. I think we all shared the same vision that we really, really want see this family recipe uh you know tried by as many people across canada as possible so that's our goal is you know try our pizza like our pizza order it again we hope uh that's great so i love it family run business you and your brother decide to get involved to kind of you know take this vision of getting the recipes out there how long did it take for you to go from say one location to a second location uh so we started in 1982 um, when we started, it, it, you know, and, and I know that your some of your audiences wants to learn a few things about opening a business. I can say this: we started with very little to no cash. So we built the pizzeria, uh, we worked the pizzeria ourselves. We didn't get paid, and I think six months later, when the business was in a position that it was successful, we started to get paid. So those are the sacrifices that I think that you make. Especially when you're in the restaurant, especially when you're in the restaurant business, the restaurant has to be successful before it starts rewarding some of the principles. So true. I think the restaurant industry is probably one of the most difficult out there to succeed in. 
It is the most difficult, I think, but it, it's also, it could be the most rewarding, uh, quite frankly, mm -hmm. if you stay committed to it. So, um, I mean, everybody eats food. That's, that's great. I mean, you could be selling a product that may not be in demand, right? True. So, um, you know, um, maybe you decide to sell ear warmers for pets. I don't know. Maybe that is in demand. Maybe it isn't. But, you, you know, there's more risk. Everybody eats. And, and that's, uh, that's the truth. But uh, as I was saying before, uh, we started in, in, in answer to your question. In 1982, we opened our, our first pizzeria. Uh, we opened up our second pizzeria. And I have to go back in memory. Listen, I'm in my mid-50s. I'm trying to remember 35, <laughs> years, 35 years ago. So this is, you, you really challenged me here. I think it was around 84. Okay, so a couple of years after. We opened up the second pizzeria. And then we opened up the third pizzeria. And, and once again, we built them. Uh, we didn't go to the bank to, to fund them. And everything got done that way. And uh, I think it around 85 we were up to four locations but my father really wanted to um cover the entire city of Sudbury. i apologize for the ringing in the background no worries it happens <laughs> um so so there you go oh and and uh by 89 i think we were up to nine locations wow what was the biggest learning curve for all of you going from one location which is difficult in and of itself to now expanding out to multiple locations and franchising this out and finding people who want to kind of potentially own one of these and share the vision that, that you have. I, I think, you know, uh, the old school, you know, just uh, do what you think is right, work hard, and it'll all work out. Mm, yeah, not really. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, it, it, you know, you, you really need to research your competition, research your you need to understand best practices. You don't, you don't follow. Don't get me wrong. You differentiate, and, and and you do differentiate. Like right now, we're in the midst of a campaign on a dill pickle pizza. In fact, wow, uh, the cashier at the front is wearing a dill pickle suit right now. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, we do different things at Toppers. We have a recipe that allows us to do different things. Because it, we, uh, you know, at the base of every pizza is our own bread that was in that bakery. So, so we're very fortunate that way. But some of the things you do learn is that you really have to understand some of the business practices. What's what's common? What are the common solutions? I'll give you an example. Okay, perfect. In the first six months, you know, we noticed that yeah, you know, the pizzas weren't as dry as they needed to be at the bottom. So, immediate solution. Rather than go out and say, "Well, what do, what do other people do? What do, you know, other people selling pizza?" No, we we uh, we were smarter than that. We put saran wrap at the bottom of the pizza. Really? Now, when you put saran wrap, so here's the learning: when you wrap hot bread in saran wrap, it gets soggy. So we actually didn't make the situation better; we made it worse. <laughs> it wasn't a it wasn't a best practice. No one was doing it. And if we would have just taken a step back and understand and, and look around, then maybe we would have had a different solution to that. So I, uh, definitely key lessons. You, you have to chart your own path for sure. Create pizzas uh, that don't copy your competition, but create your own identity like a dill pickle pizza or a pizza with dill pickles because right now we have both. 
And, uh, and, you know, there's certain best practices that you need to follow and you need to learn from others. And I think that it's, a, it's important. It's a large part of my life. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a committed lifetime learner and I love learning from other business people. Yeah. And I think that's super important for, for anybody. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, maybe they finish people finish school and they have the mentality of like, I'm never going to go back, but it just starts. Like I was the opposite where I never really put much emphasis on school. Um, and I didn't really start learning until I was 23 and I look back and I kind of wish I, I took it a little bit more seriously, but it's just like, you have to have that mentality of, learning because there are new technologies that are coming out. There's so many new things happening. Our world is moving so fast that you need to be educated on what you can do to stay, you know, ahead of the curve to ensure that your business is prosperous and still makes money. Yeah, this day and age your head better not be in the sand. That's for sure. I mean, cuz this world is moving way too fast and and uh, if you're not out there learning everything that's current, what you knew today uh could be past in 3 months. Yeah, no it's doubt. A turbulent, turbulent economy. So, so yeah. how early on did did you? Because obviously you had a plan, right? From the very beginning, you and your family had a plan of what you wanted to do. Did you start implementing policies, procedures, manuals right away? No, no. But we started writing them out within five years, and gotcha. Uh, and then, of course, we got into technology. In 1989, we had uh, a one-number system. Okay. Uh, and we had it was fully computerized, so we made a huge investment. Back then in '89, I think we invested hundred thousand dollars. So that was wow. absolutely huge for us back then. Yeah, um, it might be the equivalent to you know investing five hundred thousand now. So true. But uh, so we, I think that's a good thing about my brother and I that we, we were younger uh, and we were a little closer to technology and we felt that those were table stakes we needed to in order to compete and dominate we needed the computer we needed to keep customer information but you know i mean um we didn't pioneer it but in the area that we were in we were one of the first to have it so you know people say why do you need my phone number are you following me (laughs) (laughs) no this is how we access what you ordered last time so it's kind of funny. The journey was uh, somewhat comical, but it, it was certainly, uh, you know, we, we were ambitious and we understood that we needed to invest as we move forward to continue to invest. And I don't think investment ever stops. Yeah, I think it's so true. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's unique in, is that most people aren't able to be in business with family. And oftentimes they may be right. in business, but it never lasts. And that's something that obviously you've proven over the last 30 years or 30 plus years, you've been able to do, you've been able to build a successful business and a successful family run business. What do you think you did a little bit differently? Well, there's a saying in franchising. It's probably a a saying that can be adapted to anything. Um, You're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Hmm. So you never by yourself. Yeah. And that's the whole learning we belong to what used to be called, called the Canadian Association of Family Enterprise. Now it's called FEX, Family Enterprise Exchange. Okay. And we learn a lot on, you know, what is, and we talk about best practices in pizza. There's best practices in family business. There are, totally. Uh, there's documents out there. We created a document for succession for our children. 
um, that's fair, that's honest, that's transparent. Um, it, it eliminates nepotism. Um, you know, there's you have to earn it. There's no entitlement. Um, you know, and, and, and that's what needs to be done. But I think, as as I said before, when you're committed to a lifetime of learning and understanding that anything you get in, into that has challenges has opportunities, and the opportunities are you seek out other people that have succeeded. Yes. And you go, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, the Johnson and Johnsons of the world. That's a family business. Yep. Absolutely. They, they, I think that they're also a member of, I wouldn't say FEX, but they are a member of some sort of family enterprise association. So, um, you know, those are the things that you learn. So I think that um, put aside your ego and you don't know it all and assume that you don't know anything and go out and seek answers. Yes. That's, that's what I would suggest. And I, I think that's really important too. And I think that, you know, you probably agree with this too. I think everyone needs to be on board with that way of thinking because maybe one person in the family has that thinking of we're going to continuously learn. Let's be a part of these organizations, but others may be a little bit more hard headed. And I think that in order for it to be successful, everyone has to be on the same board with what's going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Apologize for the cough. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, they do. You know, you have to have alignment. You, you really do. I mean, it, it's like anything. Uh, tell me a, a hockey team that's successful that doesn't have alignment. Yeah. You know, uh, we all have to be skating in the same direction, right? You know, and that's that's what we do. So basically, you know, and we come from, I think that it's important for us that we came from a hockey background and we really get what it is to succeed as a team and be a team player. I think that that's very helpful for us. Gotcha. So you all, you all obviously played hockey at, at some point in your life, right? Yes. Yeah, we're a hockey family, so for sure. Gotcha. And it's a hockey town. And it's a hockey town, absolutely. What did, what did yes. growing up playing hockey, was it the team environment? Was that what it was that, that taught you? Because I think sports and business is, is so aligned. They are. They are. Uh, I mean, when we grew up, uh, you didn't ask why. You just did what you were told. But what you were told was to learn how to make sure that the most important people are the people who got your back, uh, the people who are surrounding mm -hmm. you. So you end up at some point being closer to your teammates than you are to family. It's true. Um, you know, at some point in your life because you're, you're, you're on the ice five days a week with them. So that's a big thing. So um, it teaches you a lot. It really does. And, and especially team sports individual sports you have a coach and, and you learn things there but i think uh anybody who's played team sports is probably going to learn a lot and there's going to be a lot of similarities that you will see in business and quite frankly a lot of the the business coaches um their their recommendations and the things that they coach on you will find in successful businesses as well Totally. And in, in success, successful team. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, throughout the theme of this podcast, it's about you bettering yourself and constantly educating yourself, staying up with the times. Um, do you have a business mm -hmm. coach yourself? I do. I, Actually, I have one, one direct business coach. So okay. I belong to uh, an association called CEO Global Network. Mm-hmm. And I've also uh, belonged to, uh, it's not an association, but it's an executive learning group called Quantum Shift. Got you. And 
And so within those two organizations, I've learned quite a bit. Um, however, most importantly, I spend more time with the CEO Global Network. I have uh, a gentleman that I work with one-to-one. Okay. I also, I also work within a group environment. And uh, so we have our own group. And then we have the, the entire association at large. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I, I have two to three key business coaches in my life that have taught me so much. Um, they have, they've been so generous with their time, very grateful what they've given me. Um, they come from a place that is very familiar. Uh, they know family, they know food, uh, they know restaurant. So we're often in familiar territory. Yeah. Often, often. And that's so important because I think a lot of people are searching for that coach, right? And a lot of times there's so many people out there, Keith, that call themselves a business coach or something Mm -hmm. like that, right? It's like, how do you find the right person? Because ultimately you want to be aligned, speaking of that alignment, with people who have done what you've done. Yeah. um, If I gave you one piece of advice on a business coach, you should always sit down. You have to click. You really have to click. Because you're going to be vulnerable in front of the coach. You're going to be honest. You're going to give them, you know, not your deepest secrets, but you're going to be putting stuff out there that you may not want to put out to, you know, the general audience. Uh, they're going to be helping you. Uh, you have to be, they're going to have all your trust. Yeah. And in order in order to do that, you've got to think they're going to hold you in their arms. They have to be the right person. And, and it's not that there are business coaches that are the wrong person. There's just sometimes a better fit. Yes. You know, and you might find the better fit is, you know, on the personality side, or it may be the space that they came from. You know, you're in food, they're in food. Wow, great. Um, we have a lot of conversations. They're in technology, you're in technology. I don't know, but I, I just know that in any relationship, there are reasons why you gel. And you have to, at the end of the day, do, do I feel really comfortable with this person? Do I really want to work more with them? Not do I need them, do I want them? And I think that there's a huge difference between those two words. And if you think about it, it may bring you to the answer. Yeah, totally agree. And what I kind of want to pick your brain about here is, you know, we had mentioned how difficult the restaurant industry is. And it is, but it isn't. Because, you know, my father, Keith, he owned restaurants growing up too. So I kind of grew up in the industry. And you see how simply if you just provide a good service, the place is clean, the food's great, the service is great, and you're able to control your back end, like typically you can do well. Why do you think so many people struggle? And not just a small amount, but a ton of people struggle when opening a restaurant. Well, you said some really good points. You know, you have to satisfy people. You have to know that um, that they're coming back. Yeah. They you have you have to provide them food that it says, I can only get that at Toppers. I want I, I love that tropical heat wave. I got to go back. Yeah. The, the key, the essence is, is is satisfaction. Beyond, you know, uh, I think I don't know if it's Chef Ramsay, but one of the major chefs they said, you know, the four letter word in restaurant is good. Yeah, you have to be great. You you have to, you know, you you, you can't you can't place twentieth and go to the Olympics. You have sure. to be in the top three or the top five, right? So yep. restaurants the same way. It's not difficult. 
It's it's not it, it it's not complicated. Um, there's all kinds of things that we can add to it. We add artificial intelligence. We add digital to it. Um, you know, and certainly we can succeed that way as well. However, at the end of the day, people usually are only coming back for a couple of reasons. They either, you know, maybe they really love the value or maybe they're just absolutely in love with your food. Um, it usually falls on those two or they're in love with your service. Yeah. Um, one of those three. And if you can put all three together and right now, you know, I'm on day two of a pizzeria opening. What is the, the message? Our customer is the most important person in the room. 100%. Most important. And we want to make sure that every pizza is right. So we double and triple check every pizza is delicious and they come back, you know, serve them with smiles. Sometimes the 30, 35% of our orders are digital. So we don't get to smile at them, <laughs> but I think we're smiling through the computers. <laughs> totally. And, and I think that that's one of the huge benefits of, of going with a franchise, especially if you're looking to open, because I think a lot of people have an interest in, you know, owning, owning a restaurant and getting in the food service business. And I think being able to be a part of a team and a company that has a solid reputation, foundation, they have those policies and procedures, they've made the mistakes, so you don't have to make those mistakes. And I always say, like, that small investment that people make at the beginning, it's going to save you so much money at the end. It's, it's, it's like really, it's nothing compared to the money that, that you could potentially lose by trying to get started, you know, on something yourself. No, so true. It is so true, and and I think the uh, the biggest thing to understand about franchising is that um, uh, we don't take away risk. We just help reduce it slightly and give you a better advantage. But we don't eliminate it. You're still in business by yourself. Yeah. You're still taking chances. You're still you're still running the pizzeria day to day. We come in. We we have all the intellectual properties that we put you know, numerous dollars towards and invested towards. And of course the royalty is the formula for recovering on our investment. But uh, at the end of the day, we want people operating our pizzerias that know and understand that customer is the most important person. And we do everything we can to make sure that they come back and maybe tell friends. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest, biggest part of really any business, no matter what you're opening is for anyone who's listening, it's always going to be about your customer. If you can service your customer, whether you're in the restaurant industry, whether you're in a service industry, whether you're serving or you're, you're selling a product, if you can have the customer in mind first to know what are their needs, let me service those needs to the best of their ability, that increases the chances of them coming back. And especially in the restaurant industry, you know this, Keith. It's all about that return business. And the only way you can get that return business is by creating that great experience for someone the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time, right? Right. Uh, actually, the first time is it's like going on a first date. Yeah. You know? uh, you're, you're under a microscope. And, and as you should be, as you should be. And, and you have to respect that. I think that you asked a question earlier, why do some people miss the opportunity in running a restaurant? I don't know if they're all in. You have to be all in, you know, True. and being all in, there's sacrifice. You know, uh, we're putting in 12 to 14 hour days. They're not they're They can be tough days. They're long. They're hard. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to be all in 
and you have to believe. And it doesn't stop at belief. So beliefs, when beliefs become behavior, yes, then then you create culture, and you want a culture in an organization that says to everyone, "Who's the most important person in this room? The customer. The customer. We don't argue about that." So that's something that I've learned that this is a CEO global network seminar, you know, yeah. you know, so to speak. When beliefs become behaviors, behaviors create culture. And and, and I, I'll take that uh, to my grave. Quite Absolutely. And, and I always say too, like the actions that someone's getting or, or the results that someone are, someone's getting, sorry, are a direct reflection of the behaviors and habits that that person or that business is implementing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, that, and that's what they do. So if you're not all in, you know, and it, you, you asked about sports. I mean, who wants to be on the ice five to six days a week at six in the morning? Who yeah. wants to be a swimmer, you know, in the swimming pool at 430 and five in the morning, exercising every single day for that one or two moments in your life? So you have true. to be all you have to be all in. And if you're all in. And, and you do, you know, as much as you can, you will learn through it. But I'm telling you, if you're all in. But, I, you know, I do say hard work is not everything. <laughs> yeah. It's not everything. It doesn't end there. You can work really hard and, and scrape your knees pretty bad. Yeah. You can. Yeah. And that's where you have to have that team around you and you have to have that same people. And, and the biggest thing I think that connects all of what you're saying is what you said at the very beginning, which is like the glue for me which is even for you as a business, you all shared the same vision. And to me, that's so yes. important. Everyone needs to share the same vision because when you share that vision, it becomes easy to put in the extra hours because you are mm -hmm. understanding what the results are going to be. And if you don't have that vision, oftentimes it gives you an out to take a shortcut. Yeah, no, for sure. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, totally. 100%. So for you, Keith, yes. um, being in the business 30 years, all the successes that you have, this is a question that I, that I love to ask you know, people like yourself is I'm wondering if you could go back in time and sit down with the 18-year-old version of yourself and not change anything but offer a piece of advice or piece of guidance. I'm wondering for you what that would be. It's not just hard work. We worked hard. Yeah. And And – as I said, and we scraped our knees a lot. We did, we did, yeah. and we worked hard. Hundred-hour weeks are not an exaggeration. You know, moving equipment by hand is not an exaggeration. But oh, they, they, I could have rented a genie lift and moved it not by <laughs> hand. And it, it went. So you know, the things that you learn is that we grew up that hard work was the answer to everything. It's not the answer to everything thing but it is part of the recipe yes 100 you know, if, if you're going to make that perfect cake hard work is right in there it's one of the main ingredients but it's not the only ingredient and yeah. that's what i would have said to keith at in his 20s because there are times where i should have spent more time with my kids hmm. and more time and more time with my wife but i was working hard so Got you. I love that message. There you, there, there you have it. I love it. Well, yeah. well Keith, um, if people wanted to reach out, um, connect with you, maybe learn more about toppers, um, where's the best place they can go? 
I think the best place, because we manage it daily, we have uh, we have an email, info at toppers.ca. Perfect. Or you can just go into www.toppers.ca. And then, you know, there's a there's a button that says contact us. And then anything that's directed towards me will eventually get to me. And I'll be diligent to get back to anyone who wants, Amazing. wants to reply. Amazing. Well, that's fantastic. I'll share both of those. Everyone visit toppers.ca. And I'll also share the email here, info at toppers.ca. Mention, if you do send an email that you heard this on the Daily Grind, um, I'm sure that'll just put you up on the on the list, right, Keith? It'll, it'll make people respond back a little faster. Um, so be sure you do that. And anytime someone like Keith provides you with an email address, a way to connect with him, um, ensure when you reach out, you, you understand what it is that you want. You're very clear because everyone's time is valuable and respect everyone's time who, who is willing to give you the time. And now, Keith, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with. You know what? I think the biggest gift for others, always be present, always be an active listener. Mm. Totally understand that. And it's so easy to not be present because we have phones and we have social media and I think it's so important, even when you sit down and have dinner, this is something that I'm working on, Keith, is just like put the phone in your pocket, put it on silent. Those things can wait. Being present is what's most important. It's the biggest gift. It's the biggest gift. Giving your time, your real time. Not your, you know, being present doesn't mean presence. It means being in the moment. And I, and I mean that wholeheartedly that, you know, as we move forward, uh, I tell this to my children, but they're not children anymore. They're 22 to 26. So yep. uh, you, you give people your time because there'll come a time and day where maybe you, you are in your mid fifties and you might have some regrets. Totally. Well, as you can hear from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today knowing that hard work is a part of the recipe, but it's not always enough. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to sit down and speak with Keith Tapazzini. Keith, again, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. Oh, no. Thank you, Paul. I really enjoyed this. Absolutely. The pleasure was all mine. And everyone, if you like today's show, you found value in it, be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you liked and thought. And also share this out with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.